Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. You know, we ain't got the applause drops this week, but that's okay. We're gonna be we're enthusiastic. We're here. It's 2020. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year. Happy New yeah. Year. Man. One more time. If you do not know me, which is weird by now because my name is in the podcast name. I am Armand Sadler. I am the host of this podcast. I am still the best valet parker in the world. I still eat vegan chorizo poppy. I still be running three miles. I do a lot of things. I'll I be staying busy. How you feeling, Nick? Man, I'm doing my thing. You know, what's up, boy? How you doing, everybody? My name is Nick Early. I am co-hosting, executive producing, wearing a bunch of hats, but we're making this podcast happen, baby. What's going on? Man, so uh, this is a special episode for us. Very. Uh, four episodes in, and yeah. we got we got a big mover and shaker in the room. Shaking and moving. want to introduce my guy. Shout out to Twitter for bringing people together in this <laughs> right. in this industry. It is it is the best thing. Brandon J. Payano yeah, from Colors. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Appreciate that, fellas. Appreciate y'all for having me. What's Hope up, I don't man? get booed this time. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Told you it was an accident. I, I promised you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe Nick has some feelings. It was we, an we, accident. We, <laughs> yeah, it was an accident. We're going to let that go, bro. Not, I told him to edit it out, but, you know. Hey, as it, was, nah, it was funny. I, I, I enjoyed it. I did. It's the vibes. It's the vibes. But no, thank you so much for joining us, man. A uh, long time coming for me and you to meet. Um, we've been interacting through Twitter and Instagram and just talking music for a while. So having sure. you in the room, hearing your voice and, you know, being able to really get into everything, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, man. Like, likewise, appreciate y'all for having me. Um, love talking about music. So I'm excited to just dive into it and... And uh, do, do the thing. Let's get it. So, quick couple couple quick shout outs before we get into the good stuff. Anyone who is tuning in, any new listeners, whatever angle you are, you are laying in, whatever type of headphones you use, whatever kind of socks you wear, um, whether you prefer scrambled eggs or over easy, or poached, medium rare, well done, whatever, <laughs> however you like it, however you like to live your life, we appreciate you for spending some time with the, with the busy boys, busy gang. Yeah, yes, that's, that's a hashtag we get going this year. It. Stay ready. Shirts might be coming. I don't know. <laughs> that's a look. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, definitely want to shout out to Anchor, our distribution platform. If you don't know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you want to use. Uh, you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. So definitely sign up, get your potting in. Um, why not? It's 2020. We're not talking no more. We're doing it. I mean, we're, we're talking here technically, but we're, we're doing as well. We're doing. We're doing. We're doing. Yeah, we're doing. It's multi yeah. multifaceted. <laughs> um, people receive their shirts over the holidays. Want to thank my friend Michelle Dessa at No Yams here on uh, Twitter and Instagram for her help with the shirt design. The busy gang has grown by two. I want to shout out to Jenny Olguin and Cole Paris for their hard work yeah. over the last month. Yes. Look, look at them natural claps. Natural yeah. claps. Nice yeah. <laughs> little reverb on it. <laughs> we are in a, in a new studio just for today. Um, you'll see why. Got some special things coming. want to shout out Cast Sound Lab Studio in Ridgewood, Ridgewood New York. Yeah. Shout out Preach for um, getting us set up. And shout out to my boy Alex from Need to Know Podcast for putting me on to this location. Thanks, Alex. So- Let's get right into the chat. Uh, Coachella lineup came out. Man. Yeah. How you feeling about that? I, Long awaited. It's yeah. good to see Frank coming outside. Frank yeah. is finally <laughs> outside. I think people are going to yeah. get the the flog now that they actually want it. Yeah. <laughs> finally. And so they have a reason to not boo Drake. They can just go head yeah. out to Coachella for those Sundays. Yeah. And then Travis too. Travis Scott. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just a phenomenal show. Um, we've really seen him ascend into a superstar in these last couple of years. Right. So I, it only made sense at this point for him to do Coachella. He's already done his own huge tour, open yeah. for Kendrick 2017. So mm -hmm. now it's time to put him put him on the on the the really really big the stage. Big stage. Right. Yeah. Two weekends to do, and like he broke his leg at uh, Rolling Loud. I was there. Mm -hmm. He injured himself on stage. So hopefully that that don't happen here. But um, yeah, should be should be cool. I was also low-key excited to see Rage Against the Machine coming back, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah on the low. I, I, yeah, I, like, I was like, headline. dang, Guitar yeah. Hero three days, man. <laughs> man like, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm not going to front. Like, when we were young, that alternative, that rock music, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I was listening. I was listening. I, was, yeah. I listened. And I was I there. Yeah, and, like, I still go back sometimes. I, I definitely got, like, a white boy playlist. That I, so, <laughs> don't we That's so, the name of it? Yeah, something like that. I forget the name. but um, We love all white boys. <laughs> no, it might be, like, Roar XD or something. Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that um, yeah, trying yeah. to get myself out there give me a press pass okay. so if any any publications want want a freelancer out there uh interviewing artists yo hit me up i'm uh, like i'm definitely man. on on moves <laughs> um the baby the baby the baby um was unfortunately arrested uh recently uh he robbed a concert promoter uh, i believe um free the yeah. baby that's, that's, that's what I'm this is actually free. news to me i actually did not know this oh you didn't know this no, yeah, this not at all 
Yeah, man. TMZ uh, says that he appeared in court on Friday and is being held without bond because he's also uh, has an active warrant in Texas. We're told the baby's legal team is talking to Texas officials to see if they can work out something to release him. But I'm pretty sure didn't he just get released or something yeah. like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. he just got released. So, yeah. yeah, the baby. I mean, you know, being a rapper has certain things that go with it. I Hip-hop think hop police are always. Yeah, up. I think people Yo, are always yes. watching him. Yeah. Like you saw that video about uh, he was. A, I think it was at home. He went to a show. A show in North. Carolina and right after he got like the cops were already looking in his car and doing all kinds of stuff while he was on stage and stuff so it's mm-hmm. like when you're in that high profile of an artist and you know you you from that too people are gonna be looking for you yeah I think so especially just, because like he came into his run like known for beating up people on social media like yeah. people mess with <laughs> absolutely, him and, you're like, absolutely <laughs> it's, and it's terrible that you suffer repercussions for being real and defending yourself True. but it's like oh we see this brolic aggressive rapper like nah we gotta watch him he might yeah, be facts. on some other stuff yeah. like right. he just seems so charismatic like there's that one video of yeah. him in like ShopRite giving a um, a fan a piggyback ride no he's getting a piggyback ride like yo take yeah. me to the Gatorade like a guy like that I don't know I <laughs> take to the I perceive him as, as innocent and just defending himself but hey you know Oh, um, Fortunately, things happen. Always wishing the best for the baby. He had a really successful year. Yeah. Um, looking forward to what he does mm-hmm. moving into this decade. There's a lot of people who think he could be an artist of, of the decade. They're, they're predicting that. Of this 2020. Of oh, wow. 2020 to I 2029. Think, I wow. think it's been set up nicely. So I can see why people say that. For it's sure. Set up yeah. for the last like year, year and a half. It's mm-hmm. been like steady. So yeah. Let's see. I hope he keeps it going. Man. I have a quick question. Um, kind of not really unrelated, but so I, I went on another podcast and we were talking about runs and like artists going on runs. And uh-huh. like, when do you think a run stops and like stardom begins? The baby's been relevant for the last like year and a half. Uh-huh. So like, when does it stop becoming a run? And when is it like, nah, he's, he's here, he's established and he's going to stay. Mm. What would you say, Brandon? Wow. That is a great question. Um, Man, that's tough. I think, I think for somebody like him and other artists like him that have experienced really good runs like Meg Thee Stallion and like a handful of others we could talk about, I think it's um, a matter of a a particular project or a particular uh, piece of music that you can put out to then kind of parlay that into, you know, partnerships and Mm -hmm. press. They're at everything. You see them on every lineup. You see them at every, you know, they've made the runs of Genius and then they, they do the open mic and then they do, you know, something with billboard and they, you know, they, they kind of hit all these major points that you expect to see an artist on the rise. Right. And I think when that really ends is when they kind of enter this conversation of, um, you know, like artists of the year or mm-hmm. like, um, you know, kind of like breakout artists or even like some of these lists that are not necessarily for, for artists to watch that are kind of like low mm-hmm. on the ground, but like artists that are really kind of like there, they've kind of broke through the surface and, or yeah, broken through the surface and just, kind of captured mass attention mm-hmm. that the next project or the next thing they do will kind of act as something to solidify that space For rather sure. than continuing that same run. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, and I think we've seen that really well with, with Megan. She kind of like came in did her thing, mm-hmm. um, had what Tina snow. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it just kind of, it was just a steady run of just, yeah. Content, music, every things, concert shows, festival lineups, just, strong features. She was with everyone. You see, you saw her pictured with the right people, and it just yeah. kind of continued to go. Yeah, yeah. I think Meg is set up. She was Rock Nation managing her like she's she's gonna be Gucci. I, yeah. I think she's gonna be perfectly fine. Okay, cool. Just want to throw that out there. Um, also, on Christmas, we got a very very great gift. Um, Title gifted us the Drake interview, two hour twenty minute Drake interview. So good. Beautiful. I don't know the last time he's done an interview. It might have been. We, I feel like we was, get one a year, one every yeah. eighteen. Months months from drake you know yeah. what i'm saying he stopped by the shop with yeah. uh lebron like last october october 2018 yeah. but that was short this was he got into a lot of stuff in, in this rap radar interview a lot of interesting things and obviously the headlines are gonna go one way but there were a lot of things that i took from it that have nothing to do with Pusha T or agreed the Me culture too. vulture stuff like seeing his five songs that he thought you know could have been bigger or like songs he loved that yeah. weren't hits feel no ways trust issues 4 p.m and calabasas yeah, yeah. fire and desire mm-hmm. like Seeing how artists rank their own discographies, like nothing was the same as his favorite album. That Yo, makes perfect that sense. That made to me. me feel so good about that being my favorite <laughs> album because I feel like the online conversation is like take care, which mm-hmm. is yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. But like, man, like nothing was the same. Just like it hit for me. So yeah, for him yeah. to be like, oh, so it's like, it's like my favorite. I was like, yes, bro. Yeah. Yes. And that was really a turning point of his career. So yeah, it makes it, it makes a lot of a lot of sense. Yeah. And also I, I love him like scoffing at the fact like 
people say I don't have classics, which is just a lie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you did feel a way about that. Yo, you, some, yo, you, look, man, sometimes people aren't going to boost you up the way you deserve to, so you, you, you got to do it. Like, if you've put out the, the music that he's put out in his career and people are telling you you don't have classics, like, I don't know, that's, that's just wild to me. So yeah. it was it was cool to see. I really enjoyed it. I've watched the interview probably like three, four times. Wow. Wow. Not wow. But you, yeah, I know me. I'm yeah, a, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, a Drake yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a you Drake know, guy. I, for me, the, most, the thing that stuck out to me the most is like, kind of this whole conversation when he was talking about like people don't give him his flowers when it mm, comes yeah. to doing good yeah. and then how that relates to him the different factors that he think it might be attributed to being like an interracial person yeah. being like just on the lighter spectrum of things really yeah. like that shocked me because it's like when he was talking about you know uh, when he had his run with God's plan or, or whatever he was speaking towards and he said you know we don't say like oh another big black artist is doing mm-hmm. that we just yeah, you know so true. it's almost like he's at the point now where people are like ready play, praying on his downfall and that was really interesting to me when he was talking about how people don't lump him in the category of like a successful black artist and yeah. Yeah. just kind of like on, alone on his own island and yeah. when he was talking about like you know people saying well you, you don't know what this is about or like, you can't get none of this when he <laughs> made that the little joke is that was really like dang like yeah. I forget that it humanized him mm-hmm. for me. You know, it brought him Likewise. down because Drake is larger than life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the people, I was just thinking, when I was talking to G uh, when we were watching it, just talking about like, man, the, these little names that he's dropping, like you talked about Griselda and some mm-hmm. of the producers he dropped. If I was one of them, I would just gone, I would have gone crazy. I would have <laughs> ran, you know, ran a mile just running out the room from excitement because Drake is that figure. He's that larger than life guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting to hear him talk about things that, for me, like I said, humanized him. Yeah. Uh, especially that that battle of being an interracial person, but being a public figure, trying to do good, being about the change, doing things in his community, mm-hmm. but then not getting his flowers for it was really interesting that he felt like you could see it bothered him a little yeah. bit. You know? Yeah. I mean, I talk about it all the time. Like these artists, regardless of how successful you are, how much money you make, like you're a human and you're going to be insecure Absolutely. about things. And even if you have all the streams in the world break all the records, yeah. like if people are on Twitter every day saying, you don't write, yeah. you're not black, you're not this. You're not that. That, that that's gonna that get to you. Toll. Like that's yeah, that, that's yeah. real, and it's it's very natural. We're all a little sensitive. Some more sensitive than others. So like I I completely get it, and I, it was dope to see him speak out about it because so many rappers come off as just these super cocky. You know, mm-hmm. everything's Gucci. Nothing phases them. Yeah, yeah. it was cool to see him kind of like take down that that wall a bit. I think as a, as an artist, as established as he is, and, and and I will say like I'll actually sit here and admit like I was. I was one of those people that was just hypercritical, just like yeah. big fan of his from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, watch the grassy wheelchair, Jimmy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 just kind of saw the ascension from beginning to to where it is now, and kind of did feel away after a while. I was just like, oh man, like it's it it went way further than I ever thought it would for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of me as a fan was like he does exist in this own space on his own. Yeah. Um, so I kind of understand why I think he felt that way. Mm-hmm. But um had he not said what you just said about being not being referred to as like, you know, one of the top like black MCs or one of the top like black artists yeah. to mm-hmm. kind of break all these records, I think it was actually really interesting. And, and, and in that moment when I saw that, I thought to myself, I was like, damn, like I actually don't even refer to him in that way. Either. Yeah. But like I, I do refer to him as, yeah. you know, it's, it's like Drake. Drake is his own being his own entity, his own, he's created this this own lane for himself that he's been able to exist in for what ten years plus now. Yeah, um, shortly over, like shortly under twelve, maybe. But like, <laughs> right. um, yeah, I, I I definitely was one of those people who was like hypercritical, be like, ah oh, man, this, it ain't that, that as good as it as as, yeah. as you all think it is. That yeah, yeah. that third, but um, man, like all due respect to him because that, watching that two hours, I was just like, I, I get it, like I get. You've done a lot, and you've you got hits, bro. Like mm-hmm. you got you could you could at least do like a whole number ones, like and that joint be like fifteen songs. Like, like, <laughs> right. You know how people do like their yeah. like best of number ones yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you could hits. easily do like a, a big old compilation project. Yeah. and just be mad songs. That greatest hits album is gonna be <laughs> something. It's gonna be something. <laughs> that's greatest hits. Everyone, that's the crazy part too. Like, like everyone can. People get crazy over an album of his Lucy. So like imagine exactly. imagine his point. hits put together. Case in point. Right. <laughs> Word, word, word. That's, that's a good talk. That's a good talk. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, fellas, it's early in the morning. Um, you know, I was up a bit early. You know, off my natural energy wave, drank my <laughs> drank my ACV water. But what's in your what's in your cup? What's in your coffee today? You know, man. <laughs> you know, I'm drinking today. I'm drinking some black oolong tea. Wow. You know, yeah, get okay. get involved, y'all. What I'm does that do for you? 
it's supposed to promote skin, okay, weight okay. loss, heart health, all the above. So, you know, we're, we're protecting our bodies in 2020 Very and important. beyond. So, what you sipping on, Brandon? And what is it called again? My bad. Oh, Oolong good. Black Tea. O O L O N G. All right. That's so, homework for it's me. basically <laughs> like, it's like the in between green tea and black tea for those who like tea. It's tea like, time and like the way they make the tea leaves. It's gotcha. like an in between of those. Cool. I'm a tea drinker. So, that's why oh, I was good. asking. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Culture. We bring some culture in the room. Yes, Diversify. I was actually at a, um, I was at my my aunt's house the other night and um, just macking with all my cousins, and uh, my aunt was offering coffee to everybody, and I was like the only cousin that was like, "No, nah, I'll take tea." Yeah. <laughs> it was also like midnight, so I was like, "Why are you drinking coffee?" Yeah, that's weird. Um, but anyways, I got, I got good old water actually. Like, yeah, we I drink water all day every day. So. It never fails. <laughs> Facts, yeah. But anyways, uh, more seriously, we're talking about the half and half for today. What's in our half and half is an article from the Rolling Stones saying, "Why do we still pay only ten dollars a month?" for music by Amy X. Wang. So there's actually a discussion of the music streaming industry as well as the overall streaming climate between video and music and how the cultural implications of business have changed the way we view the cost structure and what we deem acceptable as consumers. And so the article goes on to make comparisons about audio and visual streaming. Uh, quote, if you are really a fan of someone's original content, they can get away with sneaking in increases because they know you're waiting for the next season to binge. In music, if your favorite streaming service said they were going to raise prices, you could easily switch to a different one. There's no House of Cards exclusive for them to offer, end quote. And it goes on to talk about how music streaming did once make that foray into album exclusives and mm-hmm. trying to do that. But it wasn't well received because it didn't work for the artists because they weren't able to put their, their music out on the, the biggest platform. Mm-hmm. And consumers were just like, well, I don't have Apple Music. I don't have Spotify. I don't have X and X, you know, I want to listen to this album. So that, you know, just kind of, they went away from it. It talks about Amazon and Apple kind of operating their music arms at a loss because it's just culturally relevant for them to do and their other businesses will take care of the cost for it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it then goes on to talk about how the culture might be too entrenched in the $10 method or whatever, you know, that kind of arbitrary $10 range mm. about doing that, um, about, you know, for the cost structure of streaming. Um, and then there's this another really cool quote from, um, from a CEO, a former CEO of Sony Music in the UK. He says, a quote, the problem is that there's so many places you can listen for free. He goes on to say that there, uh, there might be a potential profit in a two-sided marketplace um, that Spotify and the other streaming services are exploring in which companies would charge artists and labels fees for using their data analysis tools because the consumer music streaming market is already too saturated to introduce much change. It's an incredibly mm. tough game, as he said. And unfortunately, music is like a utility now. You switch it on and it's there, which is an interesting thing for him to say. Um, but yeah, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, uh, how that could be a game changer for not necessarily consumers, but consumers don't think about how artists have to deal with these platforms and getting distributing their music. Spotify for artists, Apple for artists, all those things are yeah. free right now. But yeah. imagine those becoming tools that we then would pay for as an artist or as a, uh, um, you know, just as a, as a person who's creating music. It's a really interesting thing. Um, but do you think that that structure would ever change? Do you think this $10 structure will ever move away? Because I don't think there's anything that they can add that I can think of that would make this structure change, you know, really. It's too entrenched, I feel like. Yeah, I don't... It would have to be something drastic that I can't think about right now. The content would have to change. Yeah. The content would have to change and what these streaming companies would give front-facing would also have to be a complete, I think, 360 of what they already offer. Yeah. Like, something like Spotify would have to, to... for example, podcasting, right? Like, yeah. they've they've invested a lot of money in podcasting, right? For them to really justify a price adjustment, mm-hmm. they would probably have to pivot that being their biggest buy-in at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, pivot that in a way where more more uh, more folks who are listening to podcasts would actually want to pay at a higher price to not only get you know unlimited shows mm-hmm. or access to unlimited shows, but also get access to unlimited amount of music and yeah. so on and so forth, and whether that gives you some other perk or whatever. I think that's the only way that they would be able to justify that where mm-hmm. consumers wouldn't be up in arms for, right. you know, a raised price. I mean, right. there's people I know that refuse to get other services just because they like paying a specific service, uh, a specific price for a specific service that they have now. Right. And they're just like, I just don't, don't right. want to. 
Yeah. Can you imagine it for all? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I can, I can speak as a guy currently paying for Apple, Spotify, and Tidal. Oh, me too. That, That's crazy. Oh my, if any of them raise their prices, <laughs> I would too. be so mad. Like, yeah. And I get different things out of them. Like back Absolutely. in the day when Apple first broke, like they had Drake exclusives. OVO Sound Radio was a thing. So like if you wanted to hear like new Drake stuff immediately before anyone else, you would tune into OVO Sound Radio. And now the exclusive albums, like you said, they they have an understanding among all the streaming services. Like, nah, we're going to get everything. You know, Spotify, I feel like it has the best user-friendly interface. Like Apple has these bugs. Like it's sometimes queuing up music is really annoying for me. So like just the way Spotify works, like that's yeah. cool. And then Tidal, obviously like... It's just like, it's like visually cool to me. And like, I don't know, I appreciate that. Like I have these little nuances that make each streaming service like stand out for me. So I, I don't know if I could ever, if if they all raise their prices and I had to go to just one for the sake of my wallet, like it, it would be difficult to make that decision if there's no big selling point. Like I get all these things in Apple mm, that I right. don't get anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a thought-provoking article for sure. Interesting conversation. Yeah. But that was the half and half for the week, y'all. Cool. So let's get into our employee of the week. Um, I actually met this person at uh, Genius January 2019. It was for a Futures Listening Party. Um, she's really, really cool. I want to shout out Miss Stacy Aguilar. Let's clap it up. Yeah, Stacy. Stacy. Stacy currently works in artist relations at Genius. She's also the biggest Bad Bunny fan ever. <laughs> um, she'll probably fight you if you try to debate her on that. Um, she works alongside Rob Markman, uh, Kayvon, Mikey Fresh, and a couple other people at Genius. They've been really, they, they had a great year. Like, yeah, uh, great, great year. Yeah. The big interviews. And she works with a lot of the La Latina, Latino urban artists. She's uh, been a part of interviews with uh, Aladio Carion, uh, Tiny, I hope I pronounced that right, uh, Anuel AA, Rosalia, and Melly. Um, and yeah, I mean, Genius in general, like their, their content, like they're, they're very statistics based. Um, they also really give dope. Obviously if, if, if you're looking for lyrics online, you're probably reading them from genius and yeah. you know, the whole annotation thing. Like I, I just love everything that they do. And she's been working really hard. Um, every time I'm checking Instagram, I see her with somebody doing something. Um, and just really, really nice person. Very, very humble. And I mean, these, these are the type of people that we love to have in this industry, the hard workers who, yeah. who, um, who do it for the love and not for the, for the acclaim. So yeah, one more time, shout out to Miss Stacy Aguilar. Yeah. Go Stacy. Yeah. All right. I think this is everyone's favorite section of the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I don't know why your favorite isn't anytime I speak, but hey, you know, we're going <laughs> to get into the slide deck. So, you know what we do when we do that. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Oh, you weren't either. You weren't. All right. All right. So. I think I'm kicking it off. Um, this one might uh, might be um, especially appealing to Brandon. Uh, Brandon introduced me to this guy. Okay. Um, so my slide for today is Holy Water by Desmond Dane featuring Girl, produced by The Mond. I'm going to start it towards the middle. Flick of the wrist, a bit of this, bit of that. I'm no longer a match, a book to put the flame on my back. From the place I came from to now, there's no experience I lack. And yet I've fallen further, the chain forever attached. Drag me down much further so far, like I won't ever be back. So was it worth it all, or was it something I need? Left susceptible to the worst, but did it all do the greed? And now I said these kind of questions ain't a thing that I would want. I'm trying to drink these demons out and chase them with that holy water on some real shit. I never promised not to spill this. I never had a problem trying to hold this down. Trying to hold this down. But I just hope you never know this now. Never notice now The girl I'm drinking trying to think about it Yeah I said I'm drinking trying to think about it Wrap around it Understand them all and everything about it Please I got it Ain't nobody stop me Ain't a hobby But the way I started Shit I need to do it Then I'll break about it That's how I hoped it'd be Keep to myself But those that notice me Have watched a man be broken Drowning floating seeds of potent seeds Breathe the tree of thought Lo and behold it's me Cleanse the blackest thoughts They came to stop New roots controlling me 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The blackest stocks, new roots controlling me. My boy, good, right? My boy, good. That's family, man. Yo. Yeah, shout out to you for putting me on. Wow. I remember. I'll never forget. Like, you DM'd me the album. It was like, mm-hmm. it had to be like last January. Like, yo, check out. It was a like Crimson Rose. Was. I was like, but I, was like, I, mean, I trust this guy. He's got a good ear, so I'll check it out. I was I was blown away. I, I ended up reviewing it a couple couple months later. But uh, yeah, shout out to Desmond Dane. That was Holy Water. Desmond Dane featuring Girl, produced by The Mon. That's off his most recent project, Album in Blue. Um, I love I love Desmond's rap voice. It's, it's, wow, it's, it's Yo, deep. Yeah. I was like, it's very rich. I was locked in. Yeah, he 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 commands your attention, and it's like it's conversational. So it feels mm-hmm. like you're having a conversation with him, but then like he gets off those flows, he gets into those pockets, and like the beat is just like it's it's quality. It's it sounds really good, but it's not too distracting. It's so, accompaniment. Yeah, it's beautiful accompaniment. Exactly. It's perfect. It's not in the way of him. It's yeah, because some songs you'll hear the vocals and the beat clash, and like it's hard to kind of yep. focus. But him, yep. he does a really good job. His engineer um I, f- I forget the dude's name he texted to me but he did a really good job there of making sure like his his vocals were were at the forefront mm-hmm. and i mean the, the stuff he's saying the stuff he gets off he's 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 one of those like love love rappers like he's very yeah. locked in on like yes. feelings and emotions yeah. he's so vulnerable and, and when you talk to him like he's he's the exact same way it's the like, same energy one of those yeah, like super wow. just nice affectionate type guys and, like, that. so that's something i really identify yeah, with man. so yeah shout out to my guy des Check out Album in Blue. Wow. Um, so, Nick, what you what you add to the slide deck this week, brother? Wow, that's great. Good job, Desmond. Um, yeah, so mine is actually going to be my guy. I love this guy so much. Uh, this is Vexo by Kate Trinata featuring Gold Link, 8, 9, Fly, Ari Penn Smith. This is produced by Kate Trinata. Me not lie, me not lie Got lost in her eyes Found something I like, yeah Weren't even my type Me not lie, me not lie We had drinks all night Put my phone on silent And I don't know why No, I couldn't leave her Should've said by Felicia Must've been the tequila I wish you had amnesia Come, come, what I did can't be undone Kiss and chase, baby, run, run Don't give my love to no one Bad belly when she gets You go try, try, she not forget No, no forgiveness So ah, 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 ah. To the left, to the left Wanna take a real eye reset She said I don't mean no effect Oh, ah, 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 ah. And I say no effect Oh my gosh! If it doesn't, it's a crime. Uh, That's I feel like that's a deep cut that y'all don't know is about to be like a song. Mm -hmm. Like that's a joint. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just uh, I've been a huge fan of Trinata for a long time. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. I love that type of music. I love electronic. I love the soulful elements, soul electronic, all Mm -hmm. that stuff like that. Really love it, and I love what he's doing. And I throw a gold link on that because gold link raps so well on those type of beats. He eats those. He eats those. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love that. Kate Trinata, Vexo, Ari Penn Smith is trying to, yeah. he's creeping up in here with uh, Joke Ting, yeah. Joke Ting on, um, on Diaspora. Yeah. He's, he's, he's coming up. So I'm excited to see what else he got going on. Solid choice, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank yeah, you. Thank hard. you. That was hard. That was hard. <laughs> so our guest, Brandon, what you, uh, what you bring into us today? Yeah. Yeah. So undisputably one of the best R&B records from last year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, no, nah, um, it's uh, Sir's Wires in the Way. Felt like it was a great yeah. track that, uh, yeah, that, that I gravitated to at first listen. I'm really glad I got your voice back because this has been really going too far and I think this is best that we just don't see each other.
Skipping no sir, like yo. yo if whoever brings sir as a slide, I'm playing the whole thing. <laughs> Fact, the whole thing, whole joint, man. Like, Worth the two. What minutes. made you pick that one, man? Uh, man, I just felt like it was it was such a good. Um, it was just well written for mm-hmm. it to be like yeah. just under like a, a like two minutes, I think, or yeah. just like two, a little over two minutes. Yeah, for it to be so well written and so well, um, just like arranged like like yeah. musician like um musically, musically yeah. that uh yeah it just hit man it just hit the first time i heard it i was just like yo why is nobody talking about this song and like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I felt like i saw a few people really talk about it but like i when i when i go to this record this is actually the the one song that i actually play again mm-hmm. but after like actually listening to, through the whole thing yeah I you kind of go back, go to, back to it wow. um yeah, he's just he just floats on that and just like his melody choices in there, just the range in there, all of it from like there's enough dynamic in just two two minutes mm. that makes the song feel like it's just uh a lot um there's a lot more substance in it than than it actually what is, which mm-hmm. is what I appreciate about it. It didn't have to be like a four minute song. It was just like it a nice it. little yeah. yeah no, yeah, we're in this yeah. era where artists will do these shorter songs, but they'll be minimalistic. So to see a song like that be mm-hmm. so layered, have so many different yeah. aspects to it to appreciate, it's like you can do the two minute thing and still give some musically complex stuff. Right. Yeah. And you're it like, works. Yeah. You're like, do I want a little bit more of this or is this just the right amount? Yeah. And that's just kind of how I felt when, when I was hearing it. Two yeah. things about Sir for me that really capture me is like some people are really great at melody, mm-hmm. some people have really good pens. He's like, a mix of both. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. great at both. Yeah. The melody selection, the execution, his vocal performances on all of his records yeah. are impeccable. And the way he just weaves it all together. And then for me, that that song specifically, like we talk about the musicianship in there. Um, I was watching an interview of him on The Breakfast Club and he was just talking yeah. about, you know, like the way he, why he makes the music he makes is because like he hates the music that's out. Mm. And he had delivered an album um, that was before Chasing Summer, a version of that. And they was like, Punch was like, nah, bro, like this ain't it. Like, <laughs> were like whoa. So he re- revisited, he brought in musicians and they remade it. And so for me, that one, like, you hear the ride cymbal so dirty, it's mm-hmm. washed. It was like, it was such a present element in, in the in the song. And I was like, wow, that's an interesting choice. But I loved it because it kind of entranced me in the whole song. So yeah. I wonder Excellent what the first version sound like now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm curious. Punch is tough. Punch <laughs> yeah. is tough. So yeah. as he should be, man. They, like, there's nothing but good stuff that comes out of this. Yeah. So, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nick, Brandon, you guys ready for the board meeting today? Let us be here for the board meeting. All right. So today we want to get into the get into album consumption. Uh, We're gonna get into pre rollout. You know how how singles are put out, how we feel about singles, how much a rollout plays into how we feel about an album upon release. We're going to talk about release day and then we're going to get into the post rollout and just a bunch of different things. Classics too. We're going to talk about classics. So um, I'm looking forward to this. So I guess for me, what I want to throw out is how much does the pre rollout of an album play into you deciding whether you're going to listen to it? Does it affect it at all? Go ahead, Brandon. I think you have a good perspective. Uh, yeah. Cause I feel like I just like study them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, it really depends on the artist. It's a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for the sake of this conversation, I'll just say I, I do enjoy um, a single, like a first single, an initial yeah. kind of "Hello, hi, I'm about to release some music." Mm-hmm. Um, there may not be a major push around it, but you know, this is kind of the the first thing after would either be an album or a video or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, once you kind of make the announcement that you're releasing a record and drop a single and kind of begin to 
cater content around that uh, publicly mm-hmm. for everyone to see. I think that's when I really tap in. Yeah. Um, but I'm an albums guy. So like I, mm-hmm. I, I tend to listen to the single um, and I often find that I don't revisit the singles mm-hmm. until the album is out. And then okay. I hear where it falls. In context. On the, on, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm a big context guy. So mm-hmm. I hear where it falls on the list of things and then I kind of go for it. But um, outside of just being musically hooked in, just from a from a campaign standpoint, from somebody that kind of tries to straddle both lines of still being a consumer and a fan of music, mm-hmm. but also working in the industry. Yeah. Um, I, I just am hooked anyways, whether or not I actually do enjoy the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just tuned in. I'm like, all right, so-and-so like Big Sean is about to release a record or a uh, perfect example, Mick Jenkins. Mick mm-hmm. Jenkins is about to release mm-hmm. a record, like great song that he just put out as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm tapped in for the 10th, like I'm ready. So I'm, I'm, it's right. kind of one of those things where if there's an initial announcement made or a song that's out, then I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel that. How about you, Nick? <sighs> How to describe this? I think it does for me. It affects me like my listening, um, or like if I will tune into the album, um, just because I think like it has to cross my palate. Yeah, it has to cross my get on my radar because I think it's just so much mm-hmm. in this world. <laughs> We're like, yeah. I, there's certain people I'm checking for, but mm-hmm. if I'm not checking yeah. for you, come across my you know my radar. Um, I think I'll pay extra attention. Like when I heard Catronada was going to do something, I was like, oh, I cannot wait mm-hmm. until this Catronada drop yeah. because nine, 99.9% was just like, for me, one of the best albums that people, a lot of people haven't heard. Um, and so like I, from, from that last album, um, I was really excited to hear, but yeah, I don't, I can't remember if he put out any, I think he did do a single. I can't remember, but yeah, I think it does. Singles do affect for me if I'm going to listen to the album, not because if I like it or not, I will still give artists that I'm checking for a chance if I don't right. like the single. If the single's like, I uh, could have came a little harder, but yeah. like, but the context thing though yeah. too, because yeah. like sometimes artists will give you a, sing, uh, a single that's like where it falls in the album. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to do type yeah. thing. Um, So I think that's really important for um, just the, like the full context of the project, but I'm an albums guy too. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely become an albums guy as well. Like in the gym, I, I throw an album on. I'm not really mm. a playlist guy. Like I make playlists, give them to the other yeah. people. Yo, same, I'm the same yeah. way. Barely <laughs> listen to my own playlist. Like, <laughs> yeah, like anytime I do, it feels like a gift. I'm like, oh wow, like I, I kind of do well with this. But <laughs> right. I'm definitely an albums guy. Now, have you guys ever run into a situation, like a specific situation, where the singles have turned you off and you like? A, went into an album feeling negative or you just said, I'm just not going to listen to this at all. Mm. Dang. I'd have to live it. I got to pull out my phone. Yeah. That's that's tough. That's a tough one. I I can say, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a Rick Ross fan and his last album, Port of Miami Two, the way it was rolled out. I wasn't a big fan of the Mm. single selection, uh, act a fool while it was like, somewhat outdated trap music and like we don't really look to ross for that, for that anymore me at least and you know consumers we all have different preferences and then he dropped the big time record with swizz and like that was like the championship big huge rap record type stuff stadium music and and it was cool but we were just like hmm where's this gonna go and then he comes third single gold roses drake obviously everyone's gonna go crazy for a drake mm-hmm. record it's the typical drake ross formula that luxurious lush bag talk type mm-hmm. stuff and it's like all right so i'm, I'm kind of feeling the, the momentum now the first two uh, i wasn't really into and then we get that um but i still listened and i ended up liking the album but i can't look past the way the album was rolled out like i i didn't like the first single and then Matters. not only did he lead with the wale record but that was the first song on the album like mm. Ross, Ross starting an album with a trap record, like, and he's done that before. Like Teflon Don is his, probably his biggest album of his career, and that was like pretty trappy. But I think at this point in Ross's career, he's made a name for being that luxury silk robe <laughs> cigar, <Yeah>. opulent bar, <laughs> driving down the right. West Side opulent Highway, bars. like his top bars down type music. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm just like. All right, yeah. I mean, I know you can do this. You've been doing this on your and like Wale on a trap record too. Like I, I like Wale and like yeah. his, his verse was cool, but it it made me feel like, hmm, what are we about to get from Rick Ross? Is he trying to keep up with the sound today, or is he mm. being himself? Yeah. Upon listening, I like the album, um, and there was definitely the, some of the raw stuff that we like and we prefer. But like I said, I can't look past the strategy and i and i think that really does play into how we we gauge and we consume albums yeah so. yeah i have a just to, to throw this in there and and uh and that particular point do you think you're more inclined to to tap in on an album if there's more than one single during the rollout because like sometimes there's mm. artists that do a one single thing and then a, a project and then there's somebody like him or really a, a handful of like more well-established artists that kind of 
extend that that yeah. runway for themselves by putting out two to three singles prior to an album. I love that. Yeah, I think it depends on the length of the album. Like we've uh Ross's album was 15 songs I believe. We got mm. four four singles. So that's 11 new new tracks. So for me I was like, okay, this is enough new stuff that that I'm I'm, I'm still going to listen like as a fan but also as as a critic who really thinks about that. Like I'm I'm still going to give it a chance gotcha. um with these shorter albums that people have been doing are these EPs like like Lucky Day Painted for example. Oh, yeah, I, that was he, literally going to be my example. He this put way. out like two EPs prior to Painted, I think. Yeah. And yeah. So like most of the album we'd heard, but it was so good when yeah. you listen, yeah. and there were so many songs that we liked already. Absolutely. It's like I can't really be mad at this, and and he he's he's a younger artist. Like yeah. you know you you give your EPs you you got to build up momentum, give people something to to hold on to, and then when it's time for that album. The music music is a business too. So yeah. if, if if you have a single like Roll Some Mo that's making noise, you're gonna throw that on your album. Yeah. Of so course. that makes yeah. sense too. Yeah. Like I mean, I, that's funny, I was gonna use that exact, exact <laughs> um album. But I'll give an example of someone who is currently, I think, in the process of rolling out these singles that is gonna lead to something else that I've been so excited for. I'm I'm so confused why no one's talking about it more. It's Kaylani. Mm. Oh, great year! That's has a been, good point. She has been yeah. literally everything. She's That's been everything's point. been touching has been fire, mm-hmm. yeah. fire, mm-hmm. straight fire. Mm-hmm. And she's in that that bag again. So I'm like, yo, whatever Kaylani puts out next, like I listen to you know what's up probably a few times a day. I love like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I love that, song. that she had a, a joint with Tiana Taylor. She yeah. had a, a morning, bus, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the joint yeah. she just put out with Keisha Cole. All me, the Keisha Cole joint. No, I, I haven't, I haven't heard that yet. I have to it's hear a that. Bop. I still haven't heard it. it. No one is talking about. It. So it's like, <laughs> she, like Kaylani is is really on a wave right now. So like, I am I am tuned into everything she's doing. Yeah. So I'm really excited for her next project. So it's like yeah. that's an example mm. of like where the singles. I'm like, okay, well, I already know. Like, yeah. And I can't wait to hear the context of these singles. Like, right. Where does you know what's up fall into the line? Where did right. the Keisha Cole joint fall into? You yeah. know what I'm saying? What's the whole story? Because I loved her last project. Was just, While we wait. Yeah. I and she threw that it. out as just like- She a, sure did. It was like an appetizer yeah. until her album comes. That carried her throughout the whole year. Like she hasn't, she's dropped a couple other singles since then, but like- She got music slow child outside. Yeah. Like- Bruh. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like- yeah. So yeah, I'm, that's that's a good example for me. Like I think of something I'm excited about. You know what's crazy that you guys say that? I think about- um, her also having the same approach because I think Lucky yeah. Day kind of uh, or that team kind of borrowed from that similar approach of having mm-hmm. two different uh, EPs or just two different mm-hmm. uh, separate you know opportunities to put out music and then just kind of putting it all together for one body of of, uh, of work that mm-hmm. then sits with folks where they're like I can actually listen to you know nine of the tracks that I've already heard yeah. with an additional like six other new ones and kind of be appetizing and feel like I've gotten something completely new from somebody or something along the lines of their you know, their, their, uh, their rollout. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the consumer. Like I've just become a much more patient consumer. Yeah, so me like too. if the music is good, I'll, I'll sit with it. Yeah. Like I'll, okay. Like I've, I've heard these songs before on an EP, but like you put them together, you arrange them all. Like yeah. oh, I'm going to sit with this because I, I enjoy this. There are other consumers like, all right, this is dope. But like, what's next? Like right. they're looking for something new <laughs> in the next three months. And I get it. You know, like we're in that age, the microwave era, as they call it, where like people are just throwing stuff out to stay, to stay relevant, stay and stay in the public eye because some artists need that. Yeah, some of them really rely on their their publicity and and their popularity to carry the music. Some people's music just does their thing. Like Sir dropped his album, put out a couple of videos, did um Vivo and so he, he did Colors too, and like he's he's kind of been chilling since then. And yeah. like the music is so good that he has that luxury. No one is like Yo Sir, put something else out. Mm-hmm. Like no one needs that. It's been we what? could he, sit with this record for a minute. He dropped in August, August mm-hmm. September, mm-hmm. four months. If you're a different artist, people are going to be asking, like, yo, what's yeah. next? What's next? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, good music has the luxury of of staying power and giving you that breathing room where you can tour or you can not tour. You can just chill and people are going to sit with it and enjoy it. So I want to bring it to release day now. Um, how many albums do you guys typically get through on, on Fridays? Man. <laughs> Zero to one. <laughs> That's it. That's I try not fast. to. Because it, it, it became a thing where where not only were my music friends hitting me up, but mm-hmm. also just like my my friends just outside of the music community were hitting yeah. me up and they were like, have you heard this record? We want your opinion. Have you heard? Like it became uh, Work. another, yeah. yeah. And just like another <laughs> addition yes. to like just listen. how I would normally just tap out and listen and mm-hmm. just kind of like really just kind of sit with it. Cause I, I like to sit with records, right? So I like to yeah. listen to it on my headphones. I like to listen to it on the train. I like to listen to it in the house. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to it if I'm, you know, cleaning up, you know, mm-hmm. I either put my headphones on or play it on the speakers. I just like to have that, that flexibility of when I'm going to hear different things at different times. So mm-hmm. I think for me, 
um yeah i, I really don't touch a new record until the monday after mm. or like okay. sunday Okay. When I like know that everybody's already like spouting off their hot takes and like their favorite songs, <laughs> and I try not to look, mm-hmm. and then it's I tough. just and it is very tough. It's very um, tough because then I'm like, okay, I see why people like this record, and instead mm-hmm. of like really listening for it for myself. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's I, I try to to kind of wait and hold out. Like there's some projects that came out this year that I literally only just got to like during this like holiday break right. just to actually like listen to for the first time yeah 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 i used to be one of those midnight on thursday guys me like, too once it drops i'm <laughs> listening like it was one thursday it was uh when khaled tyler and meg dropped i stayed up to like 4 a.m and like got through all those projects um it's a very very rare though like usually i got work early in the morning so I, <laughs> I just can't do it and like even my commute is short so i can't get through an album in my commute mm. but um yeah i i definitely used to be one of those guys like no i'm gonna try to get through everything that's relevant everything i care about everything i should care about and it's it's exhausting like you can't really me personally i can't get a full gauge of all the music has to offer by immediately shifting my attention to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm probably the zero to one guy now. Um, getting through multiple albums on a Friday is, is rare for mm-hmm. me. Um, I like to, I like to come back after Twitter stop talking. Yeah. Um, the hype dies down because hype will make you think everything is a classic. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like literally 12, yeah. 1205 people are like, yo, this joint. It's like, okay, m- maybe it is good, but <laughs> okay. I, I don't want to be influenced by tweets. I, I want to be influenced by what I'm hearing what i'm feeling and kind of break it down that right, way right right it's interesting you talk about because like i think that goes back to the conversation of the patient consumer becoming mm-hmm. more patient consumer but you guys as like part of your jobs you know like being a journalist and you working with colors like that you have to stay on top of albums because like it's a part of your work yeah. you know yeah. what i'm saying um it's or exhausting. like it'll be something yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's a part of the, the everyday for y'all but me as an artist is more like i have that flexibility mm-hmm. kind of like Okay, I'll listen to this. I'll listen to it. And like, for example, we're talking about like the lucky day and her. Uh, this is a point I want to make before, but like, I am such huge fans of them. So like, I was I already had listened. I had combed through everything that they had before. So when we they gave us yeah. those like compilation projects, I was kind of like. I, it was like, uh, but I get it. I get yeah, it because, on the business side because on the other side, I'm becoming like I said. I think I'm also becoming more patient consumer. So like that zero to one kind of am I really listening on release day? It makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense because like now us being album guys, we want to hear, you know, um, we want to hear things in there when we have time, yeah. we want to yeah. hear them in their proper context when yeah. we have a proper moment to be in tune. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I, I like the way I listen to albums. Um, I don't know if you're segueing into that, but yeah, this is the way I listen to it is like, I will not listen to an album until I can listen to it from start to finish. Likewise. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Scorpion, I didn't listen to for like two weeks because like I need time so that I can sit here and listen to these 20 tracks because I want to hear this A side, B side and people, oh, the A side, B side, what, what's better, whatever. Mm. Like, no, I just want to hear it from start to finish. What did Drake intend? Why is it called Scorpion? You pick up those things when I think you intentively listen mm-hmm. and you don't just listen to be current, you know? Yeah. Mean? So, yeah, absolutely. How often do you guys revisit albums that you initially disliked? Oh, <laughs> I I think I give albums a chance mm-hmm. because I want it to be good. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me, Brandon, do you have one off top? Because I need to think about one. Uh, I gotta look. I got one. Kirk, Kirk I, by the Baby. Um, that was his second album this year. Mm. Uh. I I love everything DaBaby's been doing this year. We talked about him earlier. Um, and his single intro, it was more introspective. You know, he talks about his father dying. He talks about yeah. very different things. So we're like, oh, DaBaby's about to take it in a different direction. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. And then he led with, oh, this is going to be like Wayne Carter 3. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is how you feel. Like, I, I try not to get my expectations up with all the bells and whistles that artists do. But someone yeah. like DaBaby, who's had such a strong impact and like is genuinely respectable as a rapper. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to tune into this. I didn't really like Kirk initially. Uh, I felt like the intro had that introspection and then the rest of it was kind of just typical to baby. And like, he's, he, he's a newer, younger artist. So you can't necessarily expect that experimentation so soon. You can't expect a huge shift in sound, but I personally felt like he would have benefited from taking more time off, letting baby on baby uh, ride the rest of the year. Right. He's, he's got cash, uh, cash it with Megan. He had the feature with Lil Nas X. He had a feature with Lizzo. Like he had, he had right. a big year outside of his own original music. Um, but I, I have gone back to Kirk. There are songs I like on it. I wouldn't call it a bad album. I, I, I don't love it though. I, th- I think Baby on Baby is personally better. Um, so yeah, and like Quavo's album from 2018 that everyone hated. Like, <laughs> 
I, 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 I thought like that came in. Right. Yeah, like I, I, th- I thought I had some bops on it, and I went back a couple months later. I listened to it in in the gym. The gym is a big test for me. Like if I mm. if I can like lock into your music while I'm running on the treadmill, then yeah. that's good. But but if I'm sitting there thinking about all the things I don't like, then it's like all right, like this th- 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 that's my litmus test, I guess. Right, right, right. And Quavo Huncho had some stuff on it. I wouldn't call it. Uh, one of the best albums of 2018. I wouldn't even call it a top 50 <laughs> album of 2018, but <laughs> it did have some stuff on it. And I think part of that is, is expectations. As I said, it's the social media, it's the way each album is rolled out as if it's going to be the most amazing thing. Like Khaled, Father Rasad, for example, Ka- everything Khaled yeah. does is oh, big. Yeah. Yeah. Everything Khaled does is big. All I do is win like yeah. major, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right. But then if we look at the last couple Khaled <laughs> albums, it's been yeah. like, it didn't meet what you were saying it was going to be. And they, they will have bops on them, but we kind of like artists kind of in a way shoot themselves in the foot. And like, I get it. You have to promote your stuff. You have right. to, you yeah. like people, not everyone can, can get the surprise album off. Like there's, right. there's only a select few who can do that. So I get it. But when you, when you have me thinking up here and then mm-hmm. I get down here, it's like, uh, all right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's me that's no me. that's real I think I think for me I was trying to look at some albums that I listened to um, I like Jack Harlow a lot um, I think this last project that he put out was tough for me to get through mm. um, but I think in general when I hear albums that I'm like not too sure on on first listen I do go back mm-hmm. but I think what ends up being the case for me is like I'll hold on to like a handful of tracks actually. Yeah. so I think um, perfect example actually so one of my favorite artists, Miguel, right? Miguel, yeah. I, I like Love Man's from like everything that he's done. I just mm-hmm. yeah think right. the world of him. It's my guy. This last project, I actually wasn't too crazy about Warren Leisure, but right? there's yeah uh, Warren Leisure. But I think there were at least like five or so tracks on there that actually make me come back mm. and like make me make me actually listen to it. But off the of first listen, I was just like, oh okay. Like I was just like, oh, man. but yeah. like you know, um, it, it, it's and I think it's one of those things where I then try to find like my little pillars in each album yeah. that I can just come back to to like justify, um, you know, still being a fan and also mm-hmm. still being still understanding. I think where the thought process was behind the project, yeah, and like understanding. Like I understood the theme, I understood um, the statement, and I understood what he was trying to do. I often feel like he's, he's not given enough credit for the things that he tries to do musically I as agree. somebody who makes music that nobody else is really making. They yeah. trashed Wild Heart. No, um, I don't get why. But yo, that's my favorite album. That's like in my, that's low key in like my, my like favorite albums of all time. But mm. that's so like funny that you're saying that because I feel the way that you feel about Warren Leisure, I feel that way about Wild Heart. Mm. See, and that's crazy to I me. I feel that way because <laughs> like, <laughs> we can go on that whole tangent about Miguel, <laughs> yeah, yeah. his whole discography. That's why we're here. <laughs> right, but, Miguel Day. Um, yeah, for me, Wild Heart, I, I was just like, it seemed for me, I love Miguel. Miguel, I love you if you're listening to this. Um, it, it didn't seem, not gimmicky, but I was like, you're trying, it seemed like the, the the rock star sex appeal thing was trying to go too mm-hmm. far, even though he has it naturally. Yeah. I think he has That's it naturally like- to where it's one of those things he doesn't even have to like, yeah. I think, put out there so hard. And mm-hmm. that's, like I was looking, at, like, Coffee was hot. It was a hot single off coffee. the joint, but like, I listened to a few other things and I was just like, <sighs> I get it, but sonically it felt too too airy, too spacey for me. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I love that stuff, but like Warren Leisure to me was more grounded. Um, okay, and a lot of like Skywalker's a really great yeah. single to I come love, off. Yeah, of. I was happy that he had and a record like that for himself. I love he has a, uh, that joint Carmelo Duro, which is like my, this, one of my favorite songs. Kelly's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, and you know because people don't know pineapple he's half Mexican. Too. Yeah, I love people pineapple skies. Yeah, like he has that Good joint song. that that project has joints on it absolutely um at first i was like what's this title mean like <laughs> warren legion what? yeah like, we don't put those together like um and then when i listen to him talk about it and i listen to it i revisit that project mm. in entirety like a mm. lot so like for me it is the the reverse like, yeah that's crazy that. yeah, yeah how much do the post-release interviews that artists do play into how you possibly revisit an album or gauge it like do, does that affect you at all I guess for me, it's more context. Yeah, yeah. It's same just, here. Just giving me more I'm, context. I'm all like, in. What did yeah. you mean? Oh, that's what you meant about this track. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this was actually supposed to be that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I went back when I listened to when uh, Kendrick released "Damn," and there was a I forget who did the interview. He talked about an interview because um, he's been on that like consistent two year 
thing since Good Kid. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about like just the music. And I went back and listened to it. I was like, dang, after that interview, this music makes it hits harder. It hits mm-hmm. home a little bit more. Uh, and same thing with Chasing Summer. And I listened to like I listened to that uh, interview he did with the Breakfast Club. And then I went back and I was like, dang, man. Mm-hmm. Like I just heard the musicality at a different level when he had spoken on it. So yeah. like, I think those interviews really just give us more context Absolutely. as to what the sound what the, they were trying to achieve with the sound. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I'm I'm again super tapped in from beginning to end. Like right. I, I wanna see um, you know, what we're putting out, how we're talking about it, how we're gonna, you know, tie it with the bow at the end. But mm-hmm. like interviews are is a interviews are like a big thing for my like album conception as well just like yeah. really trying to get the full scope of the process having not been there mm-hmm. um and i think i'm i'm finding or at least seeing at least just like what i observe on social media that more people are starting to do that as yeah. well because i don't think many people were doing that for a while and i think um i found myself being like the nerd in the room like well so and so said that yeah, this well, was sir. about this because he said it in this interview on this date and they're like oh why well, didn't watch that and i'm like okay well i did you know no, but i think yeah. that there's people that are, are, are starting to like tap into that that extra level of content mm-hmm. to really kind of get a, be- a better understanding of the artist one and, and just of that creative process number two yeah yeah it's important it's really important um so i find some oftentimes when i when i speak to people about albums and how they measure up to other albums whether they're a classic or not one thing that people ask is yo but do you do you still listen to that like how often do you listen to that now does listening to something frequently determine how good it is to you personally Mm -mm. not necessarily okay because for me you know like we we know i'm not like i'll I'll listen to rap but Mm -hmm. like that's not my first choice my first choice Mm -hmm. is always r&b yeah that's just for me like yeah. I'll, there's so many other genres that i'll listen to before i listen to rap but i can recognize a great album like for example kod i was lucky enough okay. to go to <laughs> you i went to the kod uh listening party okay before that like exclusive one i like left work early just on a whim went and i wasn't really, like you know the hugest j cole person fan or whatever okay but when we talk about context when i was able to be there at um he did it at what was it What's the place? Gramercy. Gramercy uh, Theater. Yes, there. He did Gramercy Theater. And to hear him play the songs and talk about the songs yeah. gave me an added level of context so that when he did it on like a Monday. So when that project came out that Friday, I ran it in in succession, no lie, all day. That's all I listened to. Mm-hmm. And like 16 times, start, start to finish, run it back, run it back, run it back. And that's a project that I think I've consumed so much to where like I don't have to listen to it again yeah. because- I know how great it is because I have literally sat with it in that album mode that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's one that I don't really revisit, but for me, it's just one of my favorites for a long, for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like there are just certain albums, like if I'm, if I get out of work and I'm throwing my headphones in, there's certain stuff I just think like, I want to put it on St. John's album from uh, last year. I, yeah, I, I always want to hear that. Yeah, so that's a great I'll, choice, uh, I'll throw that on. I, I don't know I if it. I would say it's better than, Wale's project, which I don't listen to all the time. Like yeah. I, I listened heavy when it first dropped. I go back to it. I wrote about it. And like, that's one of my albums of the year, but like, I don't listen to it as frequently as I listen to St. John. Mm, so Saint it's, it, nice. it's, it's really dependent on, on the consumer. I feel some people need to hear something frequently to put it above something else. And like, I guess, right. I guess that makes sense in a certain way, but I think like Tyler creator, Igor, for example, I, I heard it the first time I was like, yo, this is, this is dope. This is like amazing. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. And people were already calling it album of the year. I, I wasn't going to jump on that, but yeah, like yeah, I've, yeah. I've gone back to it a couple of times, and I'm like, I can see why someone would feel that way. This isn't something I need to listen to all the time in order to Agreed. feel as though it measures up to the other best projects right. this year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th- this whole conversation it really just goes back to the the consumer. Yeah. Um, I think a good last question would be: it, Is there such thing as an instant classic to you guys? Oh. Uh. I say no. Okay. Why is that? I, Go ahead. Man. I think so. I mean, damn, I'm stumped, fellas. I don't know because <laughs> I think I think there is like I think there's something about like low key, and I could be saying this really prematurely, but like Bubba hit for a lot of people quick. Mm. Like, yeah, it was just one of those things where everyone was like, "Yo, this is flawless from top to bottom." Yeah. I think. Do I think they come around often? Absolutely not. No. But do I think that there are moments where they do exist? Yeah. And I think I think a lot of times that either has to do with the cohesiveness of the project. And I just think it has to do with how many records I think people are able to gravitate towards that other other folks are also kind of doing in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I do think that there's there's like an, an instant to me is not necessarily like necessarily just like off of first listening like on release day mm-hmm. but it's like if we could all sit here like a week later and still be like yo that album is still going like for you to still play Bexo and like I actually listened to it this morning so yeah <laughs> like for me I think you're you hear me yeah no, okay yeah, yeah. yeah for me um for me i think it it still speaks to the fact that like it just hit for everybody just yeah. like off of off, yeah. of off of rip so i can think of a few insane classics for me personally this year like shea butter baby i would I, yeah I, I it up good there. point shea yeah, butter yeah. baby is an instant classic mm-hmm. snow Legger's album instant classic for me sir's album has the instant classic feel like I, th- I'm I'm not the sole determinant of, th- of this. I think right. time will tell. Yeah. Like uh, DJ Booth, editor Z, for example, he he has this whole metric. He's like, you know, it's timing, impact, and influence, or something like that. And like he says, an album has to withstand the five year test of time mm. in order to determine a classic. So like he said, the last classic we got was um the Freddie Gibbs album Pinata from 2014. I'm like, wow, that's overlooking a lot of things that I would say were instant <laughs> classics. <laughs> right. Yeah, I felt like true. Championships Meek Mill was an instant classic. I love that album. Like there aren't too many bad songs on there. I think he's rapping at his highest level. Mm-hmm. I think the cultural impact, I think where he's at in his life, I, I, that that felt like an instant classic to me. And like maybe I'm maybe I'm th- throwing it out like that's that's fine like I'm, I'm i'm welcome i welcome disagreement but i just think certain albums the way they hit you like you said the cohesion the way that they're arranged like ari lennox is not a bad album uh, not a bad song on that album uh sir yeah. album is not a bad song on that album to me yeah. snow Legger, not a bad song people are calling uh victory victory lap nipsey instant classic yeah i'm not mad at that i i, I took months to listen to it me too but looking at how it impacted 2018 the music itself not a bad song on that album it's like I can't really argue you. Yeah. Like everyone determines classics and instant classics differently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I say no, I say no because I think it's the time thing, mm-hmm. the timing and the people weren't saying while nip was alive, RIP, um, weren't saying it was an instant classic when it was out. Fair. I mean, that uh. when he was still alive, it was, it was the point I want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the timing, I think for him, that was a timing thing. You know, I'm from L.A., so I, I'm <laughs> nip off top. You you know what it is. Right. I'm listening. <laughs> you thought, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, like, I think I think the timing, the withstanding that time period. Are we still listening to this a year later, mm-hmm. two years later? Is it still something that we nod to? Like, mm-hmm. for a long time, you know, Watch the Throne, we were consistently nodding to Watch the Throne when we were talking about Jay yeah. and Kanye. Like, it's just one of those albums. And because it was so big, you know, those like a, that's a great metric I think about. Like, just it has to be relevant. Mm-hmm. It has to. For me, the time is. You like, create a are moment. we still listening to this? Are we still yeah. talking about it? Yeah. Is it now the thing to where like, dang, that artist is now trying to just meet up to that album? Mm-hmm. Anderson Pack Malibu, great oh. example, mm-hmm. perfect example. You know what I'm saying? Like, Malibu is his, his. To me, that's his crown jewel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he's been trying to get to me, trying to. Mm-hmm. That's the the mark. He said the mark is so high. Yeah. There were there were two other projects that he released before that. Exactly as one is Breezy Lovejoy, mm-hmm. he listened, and then also I uh, forget it's another city. I'm from California. I should know this. Um, but it's Venice. Ven mm-hmm. Venice exactly. Um, and I listened to Venice, and Venice and Malibu are so different. Like, they sonically. are very. Like, Venice is more like hip hop, electronic, and then Malibu is just soul. Like mm-hmm. it's a soul album. Purely. Um, but yeah, I think that has stood the test of time. Like I listened to it every day in 2016. Yeah. Every day. Did. I put Likewise. it I put it on the laptop and the tab, press play. But that made it for me a classic because I still listen to it and people still talk about Malibu. They mm-hmm. still talking about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Rory put in his um in his top ten R and B albums of the decade, that was one of the top five. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. So like um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think this whole conversation just really points to the fact that like music dis- discourse isn't linear and people Not get caught all. up in it being linear. Like they, they justify the art with the business. They justify the business with the art. And yeah. like, we just have to appreciate the different ways that we all look at things and measure things and find common ground rather than arguing like, no, Drake's album is better just because Drake is more popular. It sold more. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah, it sold more, but like he had God's plan and nice for what on it. Like, of course it's going to sell more than a Casanova album with no single. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, yeah. so yeah, it's a really good discussion though. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, so we're going to jump into this bulletin board. We got some announcements. Uh, the queen, Snow Allegra. I love you. Shawty. She's going on a worldwide tour. You need hey, to learn up, you. search it, get you a <laughs> ticket. 
Wale, January 15th at Brooklyn Steel. I'll probably be there. So, great uh, venue. Link me. Brooklyn Steel's great. Love that venue. Brooklyn Steel's Saw great. Saw her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then February 2nd, Phony People at the Sultan Room. My guys. I, I registered on Eventbrite already. Um, get involved. I'll send you out a link if you so don't have it already. They're so dope. Um, yeah, I got anything bulletin board-wise? I can't think of anything. You got any announcements? Um, Good, sir. Nah, nothing crazy. Okay. Awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you again for joining us. Uh, really, really great talks. Thank you guys for like having I said, me. long yeah, time man. coming. Uh, great perspective. Yes, we'll sir. have to find some way to, to collaborate again oh, in please, the future. Oh, yeah. please, man. <laughs> the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. Turn away. But yes, Happy New Year again to all of you. We hope you are safe. We hope you are hydrated. And stay safe. Stay humble. Stay busy. And don't skip that. Podcast in the city, y'all my Nick Gurley with the flex, stay busy. Topic after topic, conversation, stay litty, keep it witty, no witty, stay out jiggy, get gritty, stay with Six lines, busy, get involved. All you little other podcasters getting close, get lost, like trying to go crawl, burn. I'm trying to run a cover like Moss, burn. Stay busy, nigga, arm dedicated. Cornell grass, so you know they educated. Killing every episode, I know the haters hate it, but they love it on the low, it's confused, admiration. We live right now, Ray J on the line with it. This podcast straight up, Trevor Scotland. The shortest son episode I might hit, but I left the arm rad once I watched it. You know the boy clean. I ain't washed up Levels crew with me Get involved mo My guys know the music They are not slow So get situated With this hot show You know we stay busy 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 You know we stay busy